All right, welcome to the next installment of the Seattle Marriage Musings podcast. I'm Tim Schalberg, and next to me again is Alan Schlebe. How are you doing today, Alan? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Yep, I'm happy to be here as well. We are broadcasting live from my parents' house in my ongoing quest to go to all my family's houses and record podcasts. If you remember, our last one was at my aunt and uncle's place at Tacoma. We're in the beautiful, unincorporated King County. Kind of, it's technically a Ken address, but it's on the outskirts of Auburn. Because I know you all care deeply about where this podcast is being recorded from. I have no clue where we are right now. Yes. No clue. <laughs> You're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we do have a couple dogs at the place. They're nice and dozy for the time being. But we could have some fun um, guest appearances, if you will, <laughs> from the doggies. I think we'll be all right, but uh, we'll find out. Um, it is also Memorial Day. I don't know if this will get out this evening. But I did want to do a quick shout-out to all of the uh, fallen heroes of Not Among Us Anymore. Alan and I like to call each other heroes, but we're really just recording a podcast. <laughs> there yeah. are some more true heroes out there. Uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, there's one quick announcement before we launch into the podcast. So we're going to be talking a little bit about Alan's progress reports um, on the Mariners that he put up as far as posts. as up a couple weeks ago, so we're going to revisit them. Talk a little bit about the minor leagues, because the draft is coming up. We won't talk about draft. There's going to be more than enough coverage about that near the end of this week. Um, but might as well get a little state of the minor leagues. But before we do all that, there's one somewhat exciting announcement about the musings. We are starting a Facebook page. Yay! We're so, finally catching up with the rest of the world. So yeah, I, I held out. I was a little bit of counterculture, but I was like, you know what? That's where all my Facebook friends are, on Facebook. <laughs> Shockingly enough. Shockingly enough. So uh, you can look forward to that. If I'm really slick and time things right, Alan and I will both be admins, so we'll both talk on there from time to time. Uh, hopefully we'll update it at least once a day. So if you don't get enough uh, musings by checking the blog, you will get plenty in your Facebook feed. Yes. Baseball in your face. In your face, <laughs> down your throat. In your Facebook. <laughs> so, well played. Yep, so well played. So just look for that, like us. Uh, you probably won't be able to miss it because I'll make sure it's on the blog and whatnot. But if you don't have a Facebook yet, which I don't know why, because I think there's more Facebook users than humans on the planet. Well, I think that might literally be true. Um, go make one so you can get more musings. More musings. <laughs> more <Indeed>. all the time. <laughs> all day, every day. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, uh, the Mariners played some real inspiring baseball over the weekend. <laughs> really should have recorded this about four or five days ago before the Angels came to town, before Albert Pujols decided to turn into Albert Pujols. Of all places he can hit, Safeco Field. Safeco Field. Well, mm -hmm. you know, of all the places he's going to decide that he wants to start hitting home runs again, he wants to do it at Safeco, the first series against the Angels. Yes. Um so it was a real enjoyable series. Uh, you can touch on it if you want, Alan, but I'm just going to politely pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah, let's, let's... And we're going to rewind to two weeks ago yeah. when you decided to grade our beloved 25-man roster. And as a general rule, I didn't have too many qualms with what you gave out as far as grades. Now, now one thing I'm curious about, because this is, this is one thing that's really tough about grading baseball players, is we, we already know it's not like a classroom where everyone's on the same curve. Really, there's certain guys you expect certain things out of. Like, if Felix pitched like Blake Bevan, you'd be really disappointed. But when Blake Bevan pitches like Blake Bevan, that's all right. Absolutely. So, so I'm just curious to get inside your head. How, how did you grapple with that classic thing of, 
you know, there's stars, you want to perform like stars, but when a, a bad player performs like a star, it's awesome, you know, it's just, how, how did you go about your grading process? Let's get behind the magic. Um, well, really, I, I took a look at the numbers, because numbers don't lie, Tim. Never. They, they never lie. And uh, took a look at numbers, and I took that and basically mixed it up in a big batch like you're making a cake, right? And, 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 and so I took that and mixed it in with my own feelings about players, and my own personal opinions on like and how much I like them really, and and pretty much kind of mix those numbers with that to you know create either a delicious treat or a bland stale old bakery treat that should have been tossed out weeks ago. Okay, I so, like that. Some players uh, <laughs> turned out like a sweet, wonderful cake. For example, you know Alex Lady and Kyle Seeger. They're doing great. Indeed. Solid. Um, we're happy to see him. Felix is Felix, of course. Um, but not not everyone, you know, got that got that benefit of a doubt. You know, Figgins, no, no, just just no. Um, he actually he's. I feel like he's the he's the mystery tub of leftovers in the back of the fridge. That it doesn't really stink it up, but I just cleaned up my fridge over the weekend, so this is an analogy for the front of my mind. There were four or five Sean Figgins in the back of my fridge. <laughs> Yikes. And you just forget about them. Yeah. You just, you, you, they, they end up taking space, and you eventually get annoyed because you want to go to the store and buy new stuff, and you can't, you can't find space on that roster. Exactly. And you're exactly. just like, where did the space go? And you're like, oh, there's Sean Figgins. And you open up the lid, and you're like, oh. Yeah, Sean oh. Figgins. <laughs> Yikes. Oh. I guess we can stick him in left field for a while, <laughs> see if it kind of recovers or pans out. Not, I'm telling you, so much. mold doesn't usually go away. Not on its own. <laughs> not on its own. No. You gotta scrape it off. Sometimes you can pull it off with like top of a salsa container, yeah. but... but you know, sometimes you can scrape it off and find something at, at the bottom of it that's just still good. You know, like the like a Brendan Ryan is what I have to call that. Basically, <laughs> when you, you kind of you scrape off the bits to the top and you kind of you ignore that average a little bit. And you look at, hey, he's, he's, he's walking a little bit, so there's something there. He's getting on base, you know, and, and, well, he's got a glove. As he, you know, as evidence in that series that never happened just now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even yesterday had a great play, you know, uh, grabbing a ball up the middle, spin, throw it at first, gets the guy in time. You know, I, you, you got to love stuff like that and, you know, saving runs. And, and the Mariners right now are actually, I mean, probably the second best defensive team out there compared to the Toronto's had a ridiculous year, but... Hmm. Dams actually are, are saving runs that way, keeping us in the games. But that bullpen. That bullpen. <laughs> well, not even so much. I like a lot of the bullpen. And I, I think all I the, could tell. You rated some several of them high. Pretty high. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them were pretty solid, you know, uh, at least a, a B or doing average or a little above yeah. average. And try to give the benefit of the doubt to guys like, uh, well, who was that closer that, that just got demoted? Basically, he's he's in a league of his own. He's in a league of his own. I would say absolutely. So five blown, five blown saves this year, something like that. He's up to a couple of them. Felix starts. So Brandon League, yeah. Now you had him rated, I believe, at a a C minus, mm-hmm. and then he just proceeded to do nothing but walk players and let them get really solid singles and doubles and triples yeah. and whatnot off of him for two straight weeks. Now, would you keep him at a C-? Uh, no. He, he's like that kid that shows up the first couple months of school and then suddenly decides to start skipping class every day. So at that point, he's showing up, and so he's doing just enough to get by, 
he's suddenly stopped showing up or his control really stopped showing up yeah. is what, what I kind of noticed. And I think you, you saw a little bit when you explored in your posts about him. Going yes. Deeper. Yeah. I thought, well, I was looking through cause it, it started, you know, he was, you texted me specifically one day and you're like, wow, oh, what is this Brandon Lee doing? And I was, I trying to calm you down. I was like, remember he totally melted down early May. He did last year. Last year. And then he, and he turned it around and he yeah. figured things out. And I was like, you know what? My, my basic theory on Brandon League is, He's an above-average reliever. He's not good. He's not great. And above-average relievers get shelled every now and then. Mm-hmm. But then I looked at the numbers, and I was like, oh, he's a one-pitch pitcher. And that's probably half the issue. And it's like, oh, if he just mixes in more split fingers, he's going to be okay. And then he stopped throwing anything for strikes. And then the only thing he's throwing is fastballs. And the only way you can get it over the, the plate is, like, down the middle. Yep. And Guys tend to like to hit I would say, it seems like those, <laughs> those advanced scouts, they know what they're doing. They... I don't even know if you would have to advance scout him at this point. I think you no, just show think... up and you go, I'm just going to wait for the fastball. <laughs> I think so. I mean, a lot of guys, especially power hitters, you know, just like to sit fastball. So when you give them exactly what they want and they're waiting for it, they tend to hit it. And the thing, the, the funny thing is that he hasn't even given up a lot of homers. Yeah, you know? he's actually lucked out with that. He's lucked out with that. <laughs> he's mostly just giving up a lot of dinky dunk singles and walking guys because he can't throw strikes. Yeah. So when you give up a bunch of singles and there's guys on base, they come around to score. Especially in one-run ball games. Especially in one-run ball games. You notice it. <laughs> it's highly noticeable, yeah. I would say. And one thing about it, I mean, you mentioned the split finger and not throwing anything other than fastballs. And that's what really got him to the place he's at, is throwing, you know, those great pitches that got him there. And like so many former Mariners that we've had that we've acquired in free agency and trades, they... As soon as they get to Seattle, they suddenly forget what got them to the majors, <laughs> and they stop performing like they were. We should be used to this by now, I feel like. We really should be, but we aren't. Yeah, I think he got, us, he got our hopes up a little bit last year. But there have been some pleasant surprises since, since the grades went out. And I mean, That's good. I would say the sack of flour. Kevin I was Miller. just going to say, I was like, how's our favorite sack of flour doing? <laughs> he's, he's flourished into cupcakes that are delicious <laughs> and filling. I would say. Uh, I would agree. He, I mean, he had the complete game the other day. Or shutout, at least. Was it a complete game? It was a complete game shutout. Complete he game. had a no-hitter going. Gosh, that's Like wonderful. to the se- sixth or seventh, I think it was. And he only gave up two hits, both in that inning. Yeah. So, you, you gotta love, I mean, when some guy you get is just a stopgap until some guys are ready in the minors, and he, he's flourished, and he's apparently just... Doing his doing like Kevin Miller does and doing it well. <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked around Major League Baseball too deeply yet, but he's got to be one of the better free agent signings of the off season. Just straight up, his performance has been legitimately great. Yeah, and when you talk about just picking him up off the scrap heap, as just exactly that stopgap. I thought he was just a stop stopgap till June, Julyish when someone else is ready, but he's too good to be that right now. No, no, I think. You know, uh, he's just turned out. He's, he's he's actually given us a chance to stay in ball games in the back end of the rotation. You, you got to love that. He's he's been a bit more consistent some of the, than some of the other guys in the rotation, like Nuessi or, you know, um, I mean, another guy I would say that's been kind of a pleasant surprise is Bevan too, getting by. <laughs> I mean, I I get I'd probably give him a little better grade. I mean, he's, he's Blake mm. Bevan. He's doing what Blake Bevan does, but he's doing it well and locating well. Um, that fastball, especially, he's been. Well, let's say a lot more effective than Brandon Leakes. <laughs> well put. 
Yeah, I can't, I still can't decide what I think of Blake Bevan. I mean, part of me is, uh, I'd almost want to get rid of him and put him maybe as long relief just because he's so uninteresting to me and I want to make room for guys that are more interesting. But, and I mean, look at some of the advanced numbers. He's like a 0.0 war, which he's like exactly replacement level as far as a starter. And you watch him and you're like, you know what? Five or six innings, he's just going to kind of putter along and, you got a good offense, which the Mariners don't. But if you nope. got a good offense, you're going to be all right. Yeah, he he would probably. It seems be like I know the announcers just love him. They're just like, oh, Blake Bevin, fastball location. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to love a guy thing locate, and that that is nice. Mm-hmm. And I think overall the rotation has been a, a definitely a strength of the club, mm-hmm. which I think was was to be expected. But I think they even exceeded our, uh, at least my expectations what I expected out of going into the year. So and that's nice to see. The offense, though, has not been helping them out. No. Although I would say the offense has been better than what we've seen the past couple of years. But, yeah, the offense definitely has its ups and downs. It's hard to be worse than 2010 yep. offense. That's true. I still claim that that's the worst in American League history. So, thankfully, they've rebounded from the worst of all time. Hooray. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, you know, do you, do, you, do you still got some bright spots on the offense, the low lights? What would you do to try to fix this still moribund offense? <laughs> Not much. I, I, I think it's, 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 it's tough to fix at this point. We've made a lot of changes <laughs> in the past year or two, and some guys are performing. They're not performing great, and I think... You know, there's been a couple of guys that have been disappointing, I, I would say. We expect a little more out of them. Um, I'd say, I mean, case in point is probably Ichiro right now. Um, he's just not hitting for, well, any power. We expected him to hit a, for a little more power, I think. Or at least I did going into the year, you I know, moving him down to the third spot. Mm-hmm. And I know he has power when he can, you know, really square up on a ball. It, it can go. like, But he's been just... Not hitting for average like he usually does. He's been grinding in more double plays than usual, which partly, you know, is probably from having runners on base. He's not used to that. Um, But at the same time, we need clutch hitting, especially with this offense. When we get guys on base, we need to get them around. And when we get opportunities, we need to – that's what good teams do. Is they get an opportunity and they run with it. That was That's what pretty much any team does, (laughs) to be perfectly honest. (laughs) But this team – not so much. Not so much. Um, you know, so he's been slightly disappointing, especially since the last time when, when we kind of, when I evaluated him, he was hitting, still hitting for about 300, you know, one of the best hitters on the team still. At this point, he's, he's probably, you know, dropped himself down, probably the second or third best hitter on the team at least. Um, his average has dropped quite a bit. He's mostly just grounding out and he's not beating out those balls like he used to. Uh, so that's that's definitely tough. I mean, he would probably be closer to maybe a C plus B minus at this point if I were going to mm. grade him right now, um, just because we expect more out of him. Now, let's say you know the you know another guy like a like a Brendan Ryan started hitting for two eighty five with you know just two eighty five in general. Yeah, I would, that he would definitely earn a, a much higher grade. So, well, with his gloves, that's borderline all star. That's that's right. That's right. We gotta get, we gotta get one, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're guaranteed yeah. one. We, we must get one. <laughs> Be there, Kansas City. <laughs> that's right. Um, 
One other guy that's been slightly disappointing, I think, too, has been Dustin Ackley. And I, I love him mm-hmm. to death. I mean, he's he's got a lot of the great things going for him. He's still very exciting to watch, and I get excited whenever I see him at that. And I, I like him out of the leadoff spot. I mean, considering he's probably one of the best pure hitters on the team, uh, I like putting him in the number one spot because mm-hmm. he can hit and get on base. But uh, And he's also, you know, very handsome and good-looking. You can't go wrong there uh, as well. So... You know, for all you ladies out there, that's that's the jersey you should go out and get. Hey, there Athletics. you go. It's lucky number 13. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> but lately, Dustin, uh, not so much Dustin. He's been striking out a lot. His number, strikeout numbers are very high, kind of like last year, which is you, you expect a little bit of a learning curve going into the majors um, and figuring out some of the pitching up there. But uh, not hitting, especially on the number one spot, you don't like to see him strike out a lot. Um you know, he hasn't been hitting for a ton of power, uh, you know, which is unfortunate as well. We know he has that. Um, so that's been, I would say, I'd, I'd probably bump him down a little bit as well, you know, uh, just because we expect a lot more out of him. Yep. It's not fair, but it's my system, so they can deal with it. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that at all. You're very upfront with that. <laughs> Who in your eyes is the best hitter on this team right now? Straight up. Straight up best hitter. I'd probably say Kyle Seager right now. I might say that too. Yeah, uh, he has really come on strong, which, uh, you know, I'm very happy to see. Pleasantly surprised. I'm not terribly surprised. I mean, he came up through, through the minors real quick, um, you know, and I, I'm happy to see that. I mean, on top of that hitting, he's also flexible and where he can play. I feel comfortable having him at a second base or a third base. Not a problem. Either I don't think he'd be in either spot. He's had some great plays at, at both. Um, he's hitting for power. Um, you know, hitting for average as well. He's not um, not striking out a ton. I think. I mean, I, I would be a lot of other. There's a few other guys on the team that definitely are striking out a, a bit more than I'd like to see. Like you know, uh, Michael Saunders and, mm-hmm. and like I mentioned, Dustin Ackley. But Seager's definitely is. Uh, it's nice to see him there. I mean, it, it, when he gets guys got on arm base. I'm excited to see him at the plate. And that's all I can tell. I, I feel good about a guy, and I feel like he's a good hitter. <laughs> Who's when I'm not like, oh no, well, time to go get a snack. When <laughs> I see them on, you know, come up to bat with two guys on in a couple outs, you know, that's that's about mm-hmm. that's that's my probably, uh, you know, metering stick. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Mariners' off has been so bad the last couple of years. Like, I would have to go at the start of an inning to get a snack because between the inning and the ad break, that still was almost not enough time. It's so fast. <laughs> it's true. That is very true, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make a sandwich in that amount of time. No. You just can't do it. No, I think it's like, can I toast this? It's like, mm, not with Dan Heron on the mound. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And it's, you know, yeah, that's, I, I, I agree. When you can't make a snack in the amount of time that an inning, uh, half of an inning is over, it's tough. It's tough. Although, I will say, I give credit to the pitching for shortening games up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that's nice. When when you go into a game and you pretty much expect to lose it, and you get about halfway through, and they score about five, the other team scores a couple runs, and you're out, you see the offense sputtering. You don't want to waste three and a half hours on a baseball game. If it's over two and a half, hey, that's a that's a small victory. It's true. The Mariners giving back your time. That's right. They're charitable. They're they're very economical with their time. I'll give them that. But with all the struggles of this team, there is hope. 
Yes. You know, um, as Jack C is always quick to remind us, um, patience, there is a plan. They um, are one of the younger rosters in Major League Baseball. Absolutely. Absolutely. So while it's there's always still hope with the guys to turn it around or, or get hot and figure things out, um, there's, there's always hope with that. There's even more guys coming behind him. Yes. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's it's almost... There's almost a sense of competition on the team, I feel like, for roster spots, which is a major change of pace than what, from what we're used to. That's very say. true. <laughs> competition generally breeds good performance, I feel like. Um, good teams reward performance. Guys tend to keep performing well because they earned it. Very true. It's like a lot you, of places that do things like that. I think it's like that old story. If you give a moose a muffin, <laughs> I forget how the rest goes, but... <laughs> I think it's similar to that. Yeah, the Moose better watch out for Rhubarb. <laughs> That's right. Coming up from AAA <laughs> yeah. out of the Tacoma Rainiers. Well, you know, speaking of competition, I mean, you know, I think we're going with this team in particular this year. We're going to see a lot of turnover, and it's fully what everyone expected going in. And I think we were going to see, and we've seen a little bit of that already. I think. Mm-hmm. And who do you think is probably the next guy in line to take up take up a Ross Precious? Precious roster spot. Well, uh, a couple candidates. First of all, if Eric Wedge had half a brain cell firing, Figgins would be gone. And yes. if and when he leaves, there will be an outfielder coming back. So potentially Casper Wells, but that's not an exciting response. So for me, the answer is Stephen Pryor. He's been in AAA for like a week and a half, maybe two weeks now. I saw his AAA debut. Guy throws in the upper 90s with like a wipeout slider-ish cutter thing too. Guys, major league ready. He can go into the bullpen and own from day one. And so I don't know how much longer he's going to be down Tacoma with the kind of stuff that he's bringing. He's just completely overwhelming AAA hitters. He might not overwhelm major league hitters at the same rate, but he's got swing and miss stuff, superpower arm, league struggling. Obviously, the closer spot is really unsettled now. It's it's time to bring him up. I would send Steve Delabar down to make room for him. I'm a fan of Steve Delabar, but he's given up too many homers, and I think he can work on that in AAA a little bit. Yes, absolutely. He's 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 when he's on, he's he's great to, to watch Delabar, but when he's off, oh man, that ball flies. <laughs> yes, my oh my, <laughs> my oh my, indeed. <laughs> well, I I think absolutely. I mean, fixing that bullpen is definitely going to be an important part of the rebuilding process of this team, and we've gotten some lucky, I think, with some guys we've picked up off the scrap heap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the pile every every spring, it, it's a good strategy. Cheap bullpen is is always good. Overpaying for relievers doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some ways? Maybe I mean some hope for this offense, which has been struggling. Short answer: There is no hope. <laughs> <laughs> the best hope is that the young guys on the roster right now start to figure some things out. A few more Kyle Seegers, a yeah. few fewer. I don't know, insert any guy in the last five years. Jeff Clements, I don't know. We can really... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. If we don't have any Jeff Clements, I would be very pleased. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, but uh, there's a lot of... Lots, I'm going to use the word scuttlebutt because it doesn't get used enough. But I like it. There's some, there's some scuttlebutt around Carlos Truenfell, the I guess the fallen star. He was the star of the system for many years coming up. Uh, you've mentioned, and I've, I feel the same way too, it feels like he's been around forever, especially for a 22-year-old, but he's in AAA, he's got the best power numbers he's had ever, really, in the minors, and so that's good news. Uh, he's two years removed from a big wrist injury now, so it's not surprising he's got some power back. He's still at shortstop, 
Mm. He's still got his huge arm. Um, so especially with Brendan Ryan just sucking at the play, people are like, oh, call up Truenfeld, let's see what he can do. He's a shadow of the defense that Ryan provides you. I don't mm. think he's actually an upgrade, but he would upgrade the offense right now. And I'm curious to see what happens with him. He feels like a bonus prospect at this point, even though he's just 22. He's starting to flash some power. I'm still not convinced that he's going to be a Seattle Mariner. I think he's going to be part of a trade package at some point, maybe offseason. I don't know. That's just my gut feeling with the depth of this farm system right now, where they're at. I just He doesn't, to me, fit the mold of a Zarensic guy. I don't see where he goes because Seager's starting to kind of lock down third. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, Liddy's now on the roster. Yeah, I mean, he's been hitting. Yep. Uh, so I just I don't see him sliding over to third. I certainly don't see him sliding over to second with Ackley. So he just he's in no man's land for me. And I think that there'll still be some scouts that just love him, especially if he's starting to show some power. Maybe you can get something for him, something, somewhere. Okay. Um, but he's he's really starting to produce down in AAA. He's showing some signs of life. I'm not ready to proclaim him a bona fide prospect, like the future of any any place. But it's really, he was one of the guys I was curious to see what was going to happen with him. Felt like it was a bit of a make-or-break season for him, and he's making it. So that's that's good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, I think, I mean, something that's definitely uh, been, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say a surprise this year, but it's been, Pleasant to watch is uh, our double A team. Yes, has been just murdering the competition. I think mm-hmm. uh, overall between uh, you know the you got the you know, the big three of course um, you know that are that are doing work down there. But there's also a, great, a lot of great offense. Tell me about, about a bit about that. Yeah, well, part of the reason that I think Truenfell is not too long for this organization is because I think if there is a shortstop of the future in the minors, it's Nick Franklin. I really like Nick Franklin. He was, I guess the the second Zorensic draft pick, second in that first round mm-hmm. in the 09 draft. And he's, so he's only 21. He's just raking in double-A right now, still at shortstop, switch hitter. He's kind of been forgotten in the mix of all the premium power arms that are getting all the attention, but he's a really nice prospect in his own right. I think he's an above-average major league shortstop, mm-hmm. maybe a borderline all-star, probably an all-star at some point, and in mm-hmm. one of his better years. I mean, that's how good I think he is. Um, so they got to make room for him at some point. Maybe, hopefully, he's in AAA by the end of the year because he's not getting challenged in AA, which is awesome. Right. So really excited about that. I think once Brandon Ryan – Brandon Ryan's not that young. He's like 30, 31. He's yeah. old by shortstop terms. He's still got it at the glove. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But he's not going to be a shortstop forever. I think Franklin's going to be ready when Ryan's done for, for good. Wow. So, I mean, that's part of the reason we're true and fell. So – I'm excited about that. There's some other somewhat interesting bats, but another guy in that bullpen, I think part of the reason Stephen Pryor got promoted to Tacoma was to let Carter Capps be the full-time closer, and he's just owning double-A. That bullpen's loaded along with the rotation. It's just loaded all over. But Carter Capps drafted just this last June. He hasn't even been a pro for a year. He's already in double-A. That's where they debuted him. Wow. And he's just crushing. He could be a call-up by the end of the year. I mean, under a year to the major leagues for him. That's great. And for my, I haven't seen him pitch, obviously, and he's down in Jackson, Tennessee. And We don't make um, it down there I'm that a, often. Yeah, we don't make it down there that often. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but I do have the minor league TV subscription. I should go see if I can call up an appearance of his. But kind of a similar repertoire prior from what I've heard, overwhelming fastball, good breaking ball, quick to the majors type, and he certainly is uh, fitting the bill so far. So Great. Uh, many guys have watched down Jackson. We could spend a whole podcast on them, but... I don't know how many Musings fans we've got down Jackson, Tennessee, but we should try to build up that we audience. Build that fan base. <laughs> yeah, we should focus in on that. The rabid Generals fan base. <laughs> Absolutely. 
If I were there, I would have had season tickets by now. Yeah, I don't know what else. Someone needs to call us up or email us from Jackson, Tennessee. What else is there to do besides watch the Generals? Because that's got to be the number one attraction. It's a good minor league team. Yeah, absolutely. They're crushing it. Mm-hmm. So, gotta gotta love that. Yes. Well, you know, looking a, f- a little, we like to look in the future here. Yes. In the, in the musings and, and look mm-hmm. ahead. Um, you know, we're all about that. And so, I mean, looking ahead to the future, some guys that maybe are a fril- little further off in the lower ranks of the, you know, the high A or the or even the single A, you know, guys down there. Tell us about that. Well, who's who's to watch out for there? Uh f- several names. I've always got several names for you. Of course you <laughs> do. That's why I asked. I know it's a guaranteed answer. Yes, it's a guaranteed answer. So High Desert, I didn't have too many hopes for that team. I was just like, meh. There's some guys, maybe, maybe not. It's really developed into a really strong ball club, which is exciting to see. Some guys that are coming out of the woodwork. A pair of catchers down there. Catchers. Yes. Wow, catcher prospects. Yeah, it's catching prospects. So, I mean, <laughs> we'll see if Montero can stick behind the plate. But if he can't, by the time that we've known he's failed, we're going to have some guys ready to go, I think. So two guys down there, uh, Jack Martyr and John Hicks. They're both draft picks from this past year. Jack Martyr was 16th rounder out of Oregon. He was kind of a utility infielder for them, and the Mariners took him and said, we're putting you behind the plate full-time. Apparently been a really smooth transition, and the guy can hit. He's hitting better now than he ever did in college, which is awesome. He's actually been batting leadoff for them. Wow. He's, he's the leader in stolen bases for that team as a catcher. So, I mean, to me, he's showing a lot of power, but it's high desert where the fences feel like they're like 100 feet away from home plate. It's a ridiculous hitting sure. park. So I don't know if he's going to hit for power. He's reminding me of Jason Kendall right now. Wow. That leadoff type out of catcher. I know that doesn't sound too exciting because the end of – Kendall's career was just really boring, but in his prime in Pittsburgh, when you know no one saw anyone in Pittsburgh, True. he was a darn good catcher, and I think he's got a chance to be the Mariners' catcher of the future. And if he isn't, John Hicks, also a draft pick from last year, I think seventh round out of Virginia for sure. Mm-hmm. Mariners picked a tree out of Virginia as Holtson, but also his back, battery mate was Hicks. That's right. Real solid, solid uh, college catcher. He's showing some good power down in high deserts, good hitting ability. I think he'll hit Double A relatively soon. I think the guy decided to move one of those two up so both of them can play catcher every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now they're just flipping, flipping between catcher and DH, which works too. But I think between between both of them, I think there's a catcher of the future in there. Maybe not a future all-star, but a darn good catcher behind the plate between those two, if not both. That's great to hear. No, I mean, mm-hmm. so, so you're saying that acquiring old aging catchers is not the plan for the future. Uh, hopefully not. But Eric Wedge loves Miguel Olivo. He might have to play until he decides to retire, which Miguel Olivo, I don't think he'll ever decide to retire. I think he'll they'll cut off an arm or leg or something. Yeah, he'll, he'll tough it out. So I'm a, I'm a little worried. He, well, he, he's, he's all about hustle and grit. Yes. All about, especially the grit. The grit part. Yeah. And then we all know how Mariner, we love our Mariners with grit. Yes. But especially so. between Hicks and Martin, even though they're in high A, I expect at least one of them to hit double A by the end of the year. I think one will push by triple A by the end of next year. So we're looking two years out. That's good. With maybe so. one, if not both of them. So there's hope to not have a black hole of offense at catcher. Yeah, there is hope. Both of them know what to do with a stick besides swing and miss. That's right. Well, that's that's very exciting. Good to hear. But yeah, even though they're both catchers in high, very different skill sets, especially at the plate. Uh, but both valuable, at least both to this valuable. point. Good to hear. Good and to hear. then, well, low A is hard to cover. Sorry, Clinton. <laughs> Again, they got to be the number one attraction in Clinton, Iowa. But <laughs> play at a field of dreams of sorts. <laughs> Fair enough. 
But uh, there's some. It's it's hard to say. There's pitching prospects because it's a very pitcher friendly league. But uh, there is one guy that's really caught my attention. It's caught attention of a lot of scouts. Jordan Shipers. He's a, he's a high school lefty that the Mariners drafted a couple of years ago. They they've been working on him in the in the short league. So he had a little stint in Everett that went okay last year, and they put him in full season for the first time. And he he's really flourishing. He's looking nice. So he's. He's a little bit of an undersized lefty, but from what I've seen in Sky Reports, he's got a good zip on his fastball, got a developing breaking ball. He's going to be a testament to their ability to actually develop guys with their coaching. Not to say they didn't have talent coming into the system, but he was a definitely a, a mid-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Not a guy you expect to just you know become this all-star type. But but early signs say that they've really they're bringing him along at the right clip. They're developing him, and he's having a really successful first season, full season. They picked the right time to let him try to go. And I'm really excited to see where he goes. I mean, if he's a left-handed pitching prospect, that's, that's good news. That's valuable. That's mm-hmm. absolutely valuable. I mean, we, we're just done discovering that lefties are good to come out of the bullpen. Yeah, this, this it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's pretty exciting to, to see more lefties that may possibly in the works down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, teams tend to like to stock both. Yes. <laughs> As it turns out, a lot of teams like right-handers and left-handers. And left-handers. It's, amazing yeah it's remarkable but I, i'd say overall the moral of the mariners minor league farm system story right now is that zarenzik has really built a really really good base they've got some stars that are getting attention now but he's really replenished the system at all levels and at all positions enough that it finally it they can draft whoever they want i mean they really have kind of done that already but you know, especially with that number three pick, I, I feel really comfortable that whoever they're going to pick is going to be whoever is was based, best available on their board. Absolutely. You don't see a black hole where you're like, you've really got to get someone early because <laughs> we don't have anyone there. We've got some positions that are stronger than others, but that's true of any farm system. They have someone everywhere, yep. enough so that I'd still prefer to see a hitter at number three, but if it doesn't unfold that way, it doesn't unfold that way. Sure, sure. And- um, so, so the draft is something we can look forward to this yeah. year, and we don't have to uh, dread and cross our fingers and you know uh, make prayers to the rain gods that they're going to pick a catcher or a, you know. Yes. Okay. Got yeah, we it. might have a position player and pitcher of the future at every spot right now. Might. I mean, it's prospects. You never know who's going to pan out, but... It's better than knowing that they're not going to pan out. It's better than knowing, <laughs> exactly. So speaking of the drafts, um, I know... An exciting time every year at the Musings is, is the draft. Absolutely. That's one reason the Facebook page is rolling out right now. <laughs> that's that's right. We're, we're very transparent here about our motives. Yes. So um, the draft is going to be very exciting. Definitely look forward to that. I think everyone should look forward to that because I, mm-hmm. I know that I, I found the best draft coverage and gotten much of an, so much of an education on prospects and the draft from the Musings over the years that well, thank I think you. everyone <laughs> should read it. Um, and... Uh, what else can we look forward to, you think? Coming? Yeah, so, I mean, the week, next couple weeks ahead, I mean, one of the reasons I haven't been posting at all is my free time has been spent doing what research I can. Uh, I'm going to show you exactly how much you can do as just an avid fan with YouTube and the Internet, all for free. That's <laughs> so, right. Uh, but you can expect the three days of draft coverage. The draft starts next Monday mm-hmm. at 4 p.m. Pacific time. It should be 4 p.m. Pacific time. The Mariners are third, which means they'll be picking in, like, the first 45 minutes. So. Yep. And then I think they're done for the first day. So just tune in for 45 minutes and then go leave. Yeah, sure. Because the, yeah. the Major League Baseball does not allow draft trades. So you don't have to wait and wonder and all that <laughs> stuff. That's one reason it goes a little bit quicker. But uh, 
So, you know, we'll have that first day of coverage, we'll have the second day of coverage, and the third day of coverage. That's the real gold mine at the Musings. We'll, we'll reload the board every single day. Every day. That's right. That's right. We never, <laughs> never stop. So never stop. We'll have a full Mariners recap. Uh, there will be a fun little comparison of Zarensic and Vivesi draft picks by region. I've got a couple maps we'll show. They definitely have different draft strategies as far as where they pluck their talent, mm-hmm. for better or worse. Uh, so you can look forward to that as far as prep. But that's pretty much it for me. I am in draft prep mode, which is why I didn't want to talk too much about it here, because you're, you're going to get a face full of it, that's a right. Facebook full a, of it. A sneak preview. <laughs> yeah. A, a, small, a brief sneak preview. And, uh, well, I don't have really an excuse for why I haven't been writing lately, but... Uh, oh, you sure you do. You've transitioned to a new job and... Yeah, I got stuff going on. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be throwing up something here in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, been throwing out a few ideas, but we'll figure it out. Might be, might be wedge focus, because I, I haven't really dug into that too much. But I think mm-hmm. I think it might be something related to wedge. Give me a little change of pace, um, you know, from all the draft stuff, yeah. maybe. Because uh, that That's can why be you're here, Alan. It is overwhelming. <laughs> But I, I know I'll be watching the draft for the 25 to watch for that you always do. It'll be 31 this year. 31 this year. So we expanded it to however many first-round picks there are. So we had 33 last year. It'll be 31 this year. Oh, exciting. exciting. Which is, it's nice to have only 31. This is this draft class versus last year's draft class. Is, it just doesn't have the, the quality. Well, we'll see. Which is unfortunate. Well, well, hopefully we get skims to the surface and we grab something. Yes, hopefully we grab something worthwhile. But we should stop on the draft now because I, I don't want to blow anything we've got prepared oh yeah the big secrets big secrets and and also well it's coming yeah so. storm's coming well uh that wraps up all i got tim what do you think it wraps up what i've got too uh thanks for enjoying and hopefully hopefully you did enjoy uh check back in whenever well, we do our next it. podcast at some they point over it. the summer of course they enjoyed it uh, like i said this will be semi-frequent podcast we don't have a regular schedule but again but- that was it for this one. Uh, check in for the next one in the next month or two. You will know if you're a part of the Facebook page. It will definitely go up there. That's right. So check us out I'm on Facebook. Check out the draft coverage. Check out Eric Wedge whenever he shows up on the Musings. And uh, enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. Uh, this is Tim Chalberg. And I'm Alan Schlevy. And we're signing out for now. Mm-hmm.